a report sheds light on the gaps in mental health care for female veterans. What kind of gaps in care exist? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. That's an area where DAV is saying, look, some more research, some more focus on this, that could really produce some better results for everyone. Also, the Army is facing major restructuring in the face of the recruiting crisis. What does this all mean for defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. First up, a veterans advocacy organization report found that more efforts must be made to reach out to female veterans to access mental health care. For more on this, Capitol Hill Bureau Chief Leo Shane III joins the episode. So, Leo, break it down for us. What did this report find? Yeah, this new report from Disabled American Veterans looks at the whole of mental health care and, and came up with the conclusion that while VA's done a lot of good stuff with uh, with improving outreach and improving the programs they have, they haven't had a lot of focus on female veterans and specifics uh, specific things that, that may help them. Uh, for example, there's a lot of uh, outreach efforts that don't mention military sexual trauma. There's not a lot of postpartum uh, uh, focus on, on mental health care. So these are, these are things that, uh, as as women veterans reach out to VA, um, you know, they, they may be able to get the resources they need, but they may not know that the other resources are available and they may not be targeted towards them. Um, so Disabled American Veterans is saying, look, we, we've got to do a better job with this. We've got to do a better job with the outreach and making sure that as the number of female veterans grows in coming years, that they know the resources we have and we're sending them the right message. Yeah. And in your reporting, you said the report described specific mental health needs of female veterans. What are those needs the report identified and just how many female veterans are there? So the population of female veterans is about 10% of the of the U.S. population today, and that's about the same percentage of the number of uh, female ve- of veterans who are using VA healthcare. About 10% of them are women, um, but that number is expected to grow in coming years, and it really is an, an area where VA has tried to put some some emphasis on in recent years. Uh, you know, there's a stereotype out there that VA is just set up for old men, so they've they've really focused on uh, you know on reproductive care, on uh, women's health care, on making sure there are more female staffers around just so that women women are comfortable. And VA said they are trying to expand some of the research they've done so that they can better target uh, some of these these mental health outreach uh, events, um, making sure that the women feel safe. Talk about uh, talking about uh, sexual harassment issues, talking about uh, military sexual trauma, or or just the the comfort level they have with all male focus groups or all female focus groups or things of that sort. But what DAV has said is, look, those are those are good for steps, but there really needs to be more focus, not just not just on the outreach, not just on programs, but really just on the whole thought process. Is VA thinking about how to reach women differently than how to reach men? I can go into things like safe storage of firearms. We know that women uh, veterans use firearms to commit suicide much more often than, than non-veteran women, but we don't know if the same safe storage messages that VA uses in general are as effective with women. So that's an area where DAV is saying, look, some more research, some more focus on this, that could really produce some better results for everyone. 
Another important story, the army is slashing the size of its force by about 24,000 soldiers, or almost 5% of its total force. Officials hope the restructuring will help the service better fight the next major war. The cuts will mainly affect jobs that are already empty and not actual soldiers. That includes occupations related to counterinsurgency that swelled during the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. About 3,000 of the cuts would come from Army Special Operations Forces as well. According to the plan, the Army will cut about 10,000 slots for engineers and similar jobs that were tied to counterinsurgency missions. An additional 2,700 cuts will come from units that don't deploy often and can be trimmed. And 6,500 will come from various training and other posts. There will also be about 10,000 posts cut from cavalry squadrons, striker brigade combat teams, infantry brigade combat teams, and security force assistance brigades. But the plan also seeks to add about 7,500 troops and other critical missions like air defense and counter drone units. Here's why it matters. The decision reflects the reality that the Army hasn't been able to fill thousands of empty posts. The Army's current structure allows for up to 494,000 soldiers, but the total number of active duty soldiers right now is about 445,000. The new plan would bring in enough troops over the next five years to reach a level of 470,000. The restructuring also marks the Army's shift to great power competition and preparing for adversaries such as China and Russia. And the war in Ukraine has reinforced the need for greater emphasis on air defense systems and high-tech capabilities. These plans come as the Army and other services face a recruiting crisis that the Pentagon has yet to solve. In the last fiscal year, the Navy, Army, and Air Force all failed to meet their recruitment goals, while the Marine Corps and Space Force met theirs. The Army has missed its goals by 15,000 soldiers in the last two fiscal years. The Army, though, has made reforms to its recruitment efforts. The service launched an overhaul of its recruiting to focus more on young people who have spent time in college or are job hunting early in their careers, and it is forming a new professional force of recruiters instead of soldiers randomly assigned to the task. Also on your radar for today, the Army National Guard ordered a component-wide stand-down on flight missions Monday. That's after a pair of AH-64D Apache helicopter crashes this month. Units across 54 states and territories will, quote, review safety policies and procedures following the crashes of a Mississippi National Guard Apache helicopter on February 23rd and a Utah National Guard Apache on February 12th. The Guard has not specified how long the pause will last, and the move comes less than a year after a rare Army-wide safety standdown in April 2023, after a pair of mid-air collisions killed 12 soldiers. Army officials have not yet revealed the causes of the respective crashes. The Army's Safety-Focused Combat Readiness Center is probing the incidents. And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. This week, French President Emmanuel Macron left open the option of putting European troops on the ground in Ukraine. He said nothing should be ruled out to defeat Russia's aggression against the country. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky arrived in Saudi Arabia yesterday. Zelensky will visit the kingdom's powerful crown prince to push for a peace plan and the return of prisoners of war from Russia. Four crew members of an unflagged vessel that U.S. officials say was carrying Iranian-made missile components were scheduled to appear yesterday in a federal courtroom in Virginia. Prosecutors were expected to argue they should be held without bond while they await trial. And GovExec reported that selected federal agencies and components of the Defense Department have only partially implemented training practices to prevent sexual harassment. The watchdog reports said that they do not sufficiently evaluate the effectiveness of their existing training programs. And on this day in history, in 1991, the Gulf War ended.
That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com slash EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Simone C. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by Leo Shane III, the Associated Press, and Davis Winkie. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.